doctors are earning somewhere between $500 to $1,500 an hour. If you spend five hours trying to figure out some HR law by Googling it or whatnot, I mean, you're spending thousands of dollars of time and you still aren't sure if you got it right. Welcome to the Path to Owning It podcast by Provide, hosted by me, Corey Brown, a marketing leader at Provide with over a decade in the healthcare industry. If you found us, you're likely an aspiring or established healthcare practice owner looking for tools and advice to begin your journey or take your practice to new heights. And you're not alone. So to help you achieve your practice ownership dreams, twice monthly, we'll tap into our unparalleled network of industry experts who will join us on our quest to provide the answers to your most pressing questions. Like what you hear? Follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever else you listen. Today, we are joined by Ali Aramchian, co-founder and CEO at HR for Health, founding attorney at the Dental and Medical Council PC, and acclaimed thought leader in the healthcare industry. Ali lends his deep legal expertise and unique approach to supporting healthcare practices nationwide. He simplifies complex compliance issues, offering practical solutions for preventing lawsuits, re-engaging employees, understanding state laws and regulation changes, and handling sensitive terminations. His dedication to uncomplicating compliance is what sets him apart. Ali, thank you so much for joining us today. Just very happy to have you. Thanks, Corey. Thanks for the invitation. And it's always fun to be here. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, it's actually Valentine's Day. It is. We're talking about the importance of HR, what you may be missing in your practice. So I'm just curious, what enamors you about HR? Oh, man. <laughs> you know, it's funny that you asked that because I feel like I fell into HR compliance when I was being a dental medical lawyer, doing the things that dental medical lawyers do, right? Practice yeah. transitions, partnerships and whatnot. And the reason I say that is because it came out of a love for the industry that we work for. Because a lot of our doctors are such hardworking people, right? They're so dedicated to their craft, but more importantly, they're so dedicated to helping patients and others achieve that confidence, whether it's by having great teeth or great eyesight, or maybe it's their animals, you know, whatever yeah. it might be. They're so dedicated to that. But what they don't really get educated on is the business side of their practice, they know that to get to financial independence, they need to be practice owners. And that we all know, but they just yeah. don't know the business side of it. And so when I saw that so many of our doctors were getting sued for these HR violations, it was a natural hole that I felt like I needed to fill to help them become HR compliant so that they don't get in trouble and they can continue doing what they're doing. Yeah. And I assume that's what inspired you to co-found HR for Health then. 100% because there was nothing out there that was even close to truly being HR compliant. And it's funny when I think about Provide and your history in terms of the impact that you guys have had in the industry, I bet you it was the same kind of thing, which was, hey, banks are doing it the old fashioned way with paper and this and that. Can we modernize right. it? Can we make the experience better? It's kind of the same thing on our side. The legal side of HR was so old school. People had these paper manuals that they had law firms and payroll companies create, and they were barely reading it. I have this joke that before we started, we used to ask our doctors who were sued, hey, can you send us your employment manual? And sometimes they'd send us a box and it'd have their employment manual from some company that created it for them. 
and it still said insert name here, you know? Wow. <laughs> and it's like, man, we got to modernize this. We got to make it so it's easy to use and people will use it so that they can become HR compliant. Yeah, absolutely. And can you tell us a little bit why HR is so important as it relates specifically to the healthcare industry? Yeah, absolutely. So it's a very intimate relationship that doctors have with their staff members. And yeah. as we all know, you have a team, I have a team, every doctor practice has a team. None of us can do anything we want to without our team. That's the epitome of it. Sure. When it comes down to small practices, it becomes that much more intimate because it's not a corporate setting. It's a very family setting. So employees feel like they're being cheated if they're not getting all the things that the law provides for them, like sick time and vacation, PTO, overtime compensation. All this are things that the employees feel like the law is providing to them, so they need to get it. On the other hand, a lot of doctors probably feel like their employees may be getting out too much. Oh, there's this benefit and that benefit and this thing and that thing. And they're worried about the compensation that they're earning on top of all these benefits. And then they're worried about their profitability. So that relationship can sometimes be strained, right? Mm -hmm. And if that relationship is strained, then that's where HR issues come about because people just look for problems. And as you can imagine, right, no business does everything 100%. It's just impossible. Yeah. So our goal is to minimize the risk as much as possible. And they do that by just doing all the things that HR for Health provides. And then their risk is lower, the employees are happier, and they can go about their business. Yeah. I've spent many years in dental practices in many different settings. And in my experience, sometimes HR tends to have a negative connotation amongst practice owners. Why do you think that is? Because usually it's tied to a lawsuit, right? Or some mm. sort of government administrative action. No one ever brings up HR in sort of a positive way, even though there is a lot of positives that can come from doing your HR correctly because you get better team dynamics, longevity, and things of that nature. But I think, Corey, it's because people are so afraid of getting a letter from the state or a letter from a plaintiff's lawyer that says, give me the employee files, right? We all know yeah. what that means. There's a lawsuit coming down the road. Or you've done this, 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 and this wrong. Pay my client hundreds of thousands of dollars. I mean, it hurts them. And so that's why I think there's a little bit of a negative connotation. But I will tell you, it's super easy, Corey, to be compliant. You just have to use the resources available to you. And once you yeah. use those, then you never have to think about it again because you're just in overdrive. Yeah. And you mentioned doing this correctly. So I would love if you could just kind of lay out what are some of the primary functions that HR plays in a healthcare practice? There's really kind of three parts of HR that I think are really important. So the first is the hiring part of it. How do you handle when you're hiring an employee? And a lot of times our doctors, especially the younger ones who are getting into practice the first time, they don't really know those dynamics, right? They don't know what they need. And they think the payroll company is going to give them everything they need because that's what they sell. But the payroll yeah. companies really don't. So right off the bat, it's important to make sure you have all the required documents in the state that you're in. In most places, it's somewhere between 12 to 20-something documents that they need to have for every single one of their employees. So that's kind of the first step of compliance is making sure all the new hire documents are there. Yeah. The second is how you manage HR when you're actually in the business, right? Like you've opened your doors and you're doing it every day. 
Do you have an employment manual that's up to date? Do you have uh, performance reviews? Do you have a time clock that monitors their PTO and their vacation and all those kind of cool things? Do you have all of that? And that is an important part of it because sometimes people skip the first and then they also skip the second, right? And then it's like, (laughs) oh man, you have like nothing, right? You have no foundation for HR compliance. And then the third is what happens when you're in trouble and you need to fire someone. And how do you handle violations? How do you handle terminations? How do you do that? Those three areas are the three areas where there's the most risk by far. What we tell a lot of our young doctors who are getting into practice is just do the first one and then do the second. And then the third will sort of work itself out because you have everything you need. Yeah. Thank you for laying those out so clearly. I'm just curious, based on your experience, what percentage of today's practice owners do you think have successfully implemented those three things? I would say maybe 15%. Okay. I would agree. It's really low. It's really low. And you know what the thing is, Corey? I'll tell you why I'm so passionate about this. You know, my wife is a pediatric dentist here in California. She loves what she does. She does not like the administrative side of things. And this is something that is not unique to her. It's something that is true all across the country. Yeah. These doctors love what they do. They just don't like the administrative side of it. Yeah, we hear it all the time. Yeah, you hear it all the time. And it's one of the reasons I get the question like, why are dentists and optometrists and veterinarians selling to MSOs and DSOs? Because their whole marketing campaign is we take care of the administrative stuff. You just do the clinical. It sounds great, right? Like, oh, yeah, you're going to handle everything and I just have to do what I've been trained. I'll do that all day long. So it sounds really great. But the reason why I'm so passionate about it is because I go around the country talking about this and so few of our doctors are compliant and then they get trouble at some point. It's like, let's just get you compliant now and never look back again. Yeah, That's why I do what I do because I think that number is no more than 15%. And do you think it's so low because they don't see the importance of it or they haven't gotten trouble yet or they're afraid of the cost? I mean, what do you think is keeping them back from it? I think it's all three of those. I think if they're super young in their career, they haven't realized the importance of it yet. They don't have people like us and you and others coaching them. And that I think is the problem. They think that it's not gonna happen to them. Like, oh, my team is so new or young or they've been with me for a long time, it's never gonna happen. And I hear that all the time, but it happens. You know, even with somebody who's been with a doctor for nine years, 20 years, 30 years, It happens. And then I think they think the cost is like astronomical, whereas, you know, HR for Health, even without our partnership, it's like a couple hundred bucks a month. I mean, it's just nothing to them in the grand scheme of things, but it provides so much protection. So I think it's all those things. I think you hit it on the head. Yeah. And I'm curious, we're talking about getting in trouble and potential consequences. Can you talk what those might look like? And do you have a real world example that you can share? Yeah. Oh, man, I have too many real world examples. I bet you do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So the average settlement is somewhere between one to two times someone's annual salary. If they're making 25 bucks an hour, that means the settlement could be anywhere from 50K to 100K. And that's without lawyer fees, court costs, any of that. That's just pure settlement dollars. It's an average, but it's, it's a pretty accurate one. Yeah. Just from what we've seen. The repercussions, though, 
are far greater, Corey, because if someone is spending 50K, 100K, that money is not just 50 or 100K, right? Somebody could withstand that. What I don't think people realize is what that 50 to 100K means. If you take that 50K and you take it home and you put it in some normal investment product, right? It's supposed to double every seven years. If you have 20, 30 years ahead of you, that 50K actually could be worth hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars, maybe millions of dollars by the time you're said and done. So that's one thing. The second thing is that 50K could go towards buying more chairs, buying more equipment, marketing, whatever, to keep growing the practice or invest it into other offices and buy your second office, your third office. So it's not just that dollar amount. It's what does that dollar amount represent to them? Uh, you know, I was telling my daughter actually recently because she's about to go to college actually. And so we were talking about tuition and all this. And I said, you know, when we have to pay your tuition of 40, 50, $60,000 next year, right. that doesn't just happen. We have to work that much harder or the money that comes in, we have to take it and put it aside. Instead of paying down debt, we have to now pay for your school or whatever. You know, I wanted to show her what choices we're making. And the same thing is happening here. If you're paying 50 to 100K to an employee for a lawsuit, that money is not going into your retirement. It's not going into your children's college funds. It's just choices we're making. And so it's why I'm passionate about this. It's like a couple hundred bucks can save you so much headache. Yeah. Can you give us an example of what settlement of 50 or 100,000, like what would result in that? So I'll tell you one actually very recently that we dealt with. So we had a doctor who she's actually pretty spot on on doing things correctly. She had kind of started her practice. She was like year six or seven now. She had bought the condo that she's in, not the building, but the condo that she's in. And so things were going really smoothly. And then she ends up terminating an employee and what happened was that this employee turned around and said, hey, doc, you haven't been paying my overtime. And the doctor said, well, I don't have to pay your overtime. You're exempt and this and that. Anyways, long story short, what ends up happening is that they get into it a little bit. She hasn't called us yet. The employee gets upset. The doctor ends up firing her. She goes, gets a lawyer. And so the lawyer comes and finds not just overtime, but finds all this other stuff that she mm. hadn't been getting. She hadn't been getting lunches or breaks or any of that because the doctor thought that she was exempt. And so as a result, the starting demand from this lawyer was like $270,000. Wow. $270,000. Wow. Yeah. Now, we got involved at that point and we did what we do. And so we were able to bring that number down significantly, of course, but here's the problem, right? It was still a five-digit number. It ended up being about 60-some thousand dollars. And rightfully so, by the way. I mean, the doctor had done things wrong. She had not done it intentionally. She thought she was doing it right, but she had just gotten bad advice and she wasn't using HR for health. So guess what happened next? We settled with this lady and then the other employees got wind of it. That's what I was going to say earlier, like the reputational damage, the culture it creates amongst your current staff, I can only imagine would be astronomical. Totally. Exactly. And, yeah. and what was crazy is that even though there was like confidentiality provisions in the settlement agreement, people talk, you know what I mean? Like right. you just can't do anything about it. And so the other employees suddenly have all filed a claim. Now, the good news is that they didn't go to a lawyer. They went to the state. And so the state is coming after her. 
which is, believe it or not, a little bit better, but still it just causes problems. Now, she hasn't been late on her payments yet, you know, on the mortgage or on anything of that nature, which is great. But hey, maybe she will be in financial problems if too many of these people start coming asking for 50, 60, 70K. You just never know. And so it's one of the reasons why I think you guys are so progressive in saying, hey, we want HR for Health for all of our young doctors who are getting a loan with us, because not only is it good for the doctor, but it's also really good investment for you because it just keeps your portfolio safer. So. Yeah, absolutely. You know, Ali, we've talked a little bit about the importance of having an HR plan in place. And when we return, I'd like to get your take on some of the more common questions providers have on this subject. More with Ali right after this. Meet the newest reason to finance your dream practice with Provide. The Provide Card, the credit card built specifically for dental and veterinary practice owners. Available in addition to your Provide practice loan, with the Provide Card, you'll be transported to a world of new opportunities for your practice, where you can securely make bulk supply orders and earn tailored rewards on your purchases. You can earn up to 3% rewards on healthcare practice and lab supplies and 1% rewards on all other purchases all the time with no rotating categories and no point expiration. At Provide, we're creating the future of personalized banking for healthcare practice owners. To learn how to apply for your tailored card with tailored benefits, contact your Provide representative or visit getprovide.com slash provide card for more information, including rewards terms and conditions. I'm Corey Brown, and this is Provide's The Path to Owning It podcast. We're back with Ali Aramchian, co-founder and CEO at HR for Health, to unpack the answers to the most pressing questions doctors have on the subject of human resources. Ali, we've gotten several questions from doctors for this show, so I would love to just get your take on those. But first, I'd love to know, how can a doctor best use their time as it relates to HR? Yeah, great question. So a couple of things. I mean, I think right off the bat, I would definitely outsource the HR side of the business to HR for Health and let the HR for Health team do an audit and then get the office compliant with all the technical rules, right? Just right off the bat, let's just get that off the table so that there's not a technical violation that you have to be worried about. Yeah. Then the second part of that, and this is the part a lot of people forget, is we're not in a vacuum, right? I mean, it's really important to train if an office manager or a team lead about you know some of the HR provisions. You don't need to teach them everything, but I think getting someone trained on that who's helping with the HR side of the business, I think is important. If you don't have someone yet because you're a new practice owner or whatnot, that's cool. You just do it yourself with the help of HR for Health as your outsourced resource. And then one day when you hire a, you know, an office administrator or office manager or team leads, then you train them. Gotcha. And opposite of that, what would you say the biggest misuse of their time as it relates to HR would be? I mean, I think that's easy. I think it's trying to figure it out on their own and Googling stuff and whatnot. I mean, it's there's so many exceptions and there's so many rules that are interwined with other rules that no matter how much you Google something or chat GPT something, it's not <laughs> going to give you the whole picture, right? Yeah. And it's easy to make a mistake when you do that. And so it's just not worth their time. I mean, when you think about it, most consultants say that doctors are earning somewhere between $500 to $1,500 an hour in terms of their hourly rate when you take into account their production and collections. 
I mean, think about that, right? If you spend five hours trying to figure out some HR law by Googling it or whatnot, I mean, you're spending thousands of dollars of time and you still aren't sure if you got it right. Yeah, that's absolutely true. I mean, I've been, like I said, a part of practices where that was the plan and right. where I was the team lead even doing the Googling. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I'd like to try something new. As I mentioned, I have a list of common questions we receive from healthcare providers as it relates to HR. Let's just rapid fire these if you don't mind. Sure. How do I keep up with all the changing HR laws? So one is listening to podcasts, webinars that people like me do. I think that's a really good way of doing things. You know, yeah. depending on what the state that you're in, you know, sometimes your state association, if they have a really strong HR component, I think that could help. If they don't, you should contact the state and say, touch space with HR for Health so that they can provide those services to the state. But yeah, I would say just kind of listening in and looking at the videos and podcasts that we do. Yeah, there's some great content out there for sure. Number two, what are my employees entitled to? Boy, that's a loaded question, Corey. That's a loaded question <laughs> because there's so much that potentially they could be entitled to. Here's what I will say. There are some rules that employees must get, and then there are some that they don't have to get in terms of benefits. Healthcare, depending on your size and whatnot, and whether or not you're providing group health insurance, your employees may be entitled to that. 401k, depending on the state that you're in, you may have to provide some sort of retirement 401k type of plan. Sick leave is another one that, depending on your state, you may have to provide to your employees. Now, what you don't have to provide are vacation time. You don't have to pay for holidays. The office could be closed, but you don't have to pay for the holidays. There's no such thing as weekend pay or anything like that. That's all federal government type language. The private sector doesn't have to worry about that. So in terms of benefits, it's very state specific, but those are the ones that usually are available. Gotcha. And I would think a couple things. Number one, you mentioned size. Where's that limit? Is it like 50 employees and more usually? No, it's like there's some rules that are five employees or more. Okay. Others that are 15 employees or more and then 25 and then 50. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. And then the things that you don't have to do like vacation, paid holiday, is that like a best practice though to remain competitive amongst other dentists or healthcare providers in your area? Yeah, yeah, yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, I think young practices can't always afford that. Sure. And, you know, that's normal. But I think as you grow, you have to be competitive. And so providing health insurance is always a good one. Vacations and PTO and those kind of things are good. Yeah. The 401k is a nice to have, right? It's great for the doctors too. I mean, you can put a lot of money aside. Yeah. Okay. Number three, how do I manage and track my team's schedule effectively? Oh my gosh. I'm so glad you asked this. I'm so <laughs> glad you asked this. And people are going to think we rehearsed this, but we did not. So the scheduling situation has been like really a nasty area of HR because there hasn't been a solution. Well, well, we have a solution now. So HR for Health just launched its scheduler about two weeks ago. So this is a system whereby you can put all your employees into the scheduling system and you can see who's working when, when they've been in and out. If you, you know, if someone's sick, you can fill in their position with someone else. It's a really awesome, awesome system that allows you to manage the team effectively. It's the first of its kind when it comes to healthcare. Now, the cool thing is, Corey, and this is something that we don't really talk about much, but I will tell your audience because of our relationship, 
The scheduler is built with a ton of stuff on the back end that protects the doctors from a legal perspective that no one sees. It's constructed in a way that when people are logging in, logging out, doing things on there, it's keeping track of it from a compliance perspective. So if somebody comes in and tries to sue for something that's related to their schedule or time clocks or whatnot, we have a ton of back-end data and whatnot that can support the doctor's position that they were doing the right thing. So it's great from a legal perspective, but it's even more awesome from a actual like usability team functionality approach. So oh, that's awesome. Let's talk more about that in a sec. Number four, how do I handle employee situations and or a current team when buying a practice? That's hard. It's a very delicate approach because when you're buying a practice, you're buying the whole team, right? right. And yeah. the team is so important because if it goes south or they don't like you or whatnot, they can really hurt. I have a doctor right now here in the Bay Area, actually, who bought a practice. She's super, super nice. But her husband got involved in the practice, right, on the management side and kind of turned off the team. And so a couple of people have left and they've gone to like a competitor and a bunch of patients have followed them. It can be very risky to do that. So I think starting off on the right foot by approaching them and saying, hey, guys, we're keeping everything the same, benefits, all of that, because that's what they want to hear. They're fearful of that. And then making sure you're giving them all their new hire documents, their employment manual, like you're showing how professional you are about it, covers you, right? If you don't do that, then they're like, oh my gosh, what is this person doing? They're not giving us this. They're not giving us that. They get more scared. Definitely. Do you think that is the best way to go about with like uh, transitioning to a new practices to not change everything all at once, kind of keep it status quo for a little while and then start to slowly work in things that fit your vision? Yeah, Corey, absolutely. I wouldn't change a thing. I wouldn't change paint. I wouldn't change carpets. I wouldn't change an employee. I would not change anything at all for at least six months. And then you slowly update the shack carpet. You know what I mean? You you start (laughs) to, you know, you start to slowly paint the interior. Like you just start to do those things slowly, but surely. Right. For sure. And last and final rapid fire question, how do I make sure I'm paying my employees fairly? No, that's a good question. I mean, I think what I always tell our clients is there's no fair number, yeah. right? You know, everyone feels like they should be paid more of this, but you got to see what the budget of the business is, what you can afford. And then, you know, don't nickel and dime them. I mean, what I always tell clients is a dollar an hour is only $2,000 a year in extra income. Yeah. But ecologically, it could have a huge, huge impact on the employee, right? So it's important to just kind of keep that in mind because even if you paid five people $1 more than you want, you know, and you don't have to give them exactly what they want, but that's $10,000 a year. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a good point, right? right? It's not going to make or break your business, but it could have a big impact on them. But again, you don't want to just do it. You also have to be smart. It has to be because they're working hard, because they're, you know, going the extra mile, all those kinds of things. Well, thank you for answering those for us. That's going to be really helpful for our audience. Now to you, let's talk a little bit more about the HR for Health platform. So first of all, why HR for Health? What sets you apart from other solutions out there? We're the only full service solution, Corey, that keeps offices compliant from A to Z, right? And there's a lot of companies that do employment manuals only, That's not us, right? We give the employment manual for free to our clients because we think it's part of the solution, but not the whole thing. 
right? We've got by far the best time clock system in the whole industry because it's tied to benefits and PTO and all the things that go into that. People who are using their practice management system for time clocks are, I mean, I think it's just crazy. You know, it's just something that is just thrown into these practice management softwares because they feel like they need to have it, but it's not at all supposed to be an HR compliant tool, right? And then finally, I think it's our support team, right? We've got an entire group of HR professionals that answer thousands of questions every week from doctors who are hiring, firing, you know, doing that. But then you have access to all of us, you know, from a legal perspective. So if the HR people think it's too legal, then you talk to the attorneys at our law firm about the questions. And so all of those combined makes it an awesome tool. And it's super affordable, 250 bucks or so a month, depending on your size. And it's just like sort of a no-brainer as part of ownership. Yeah, that's great. And I think the accessibility to the information is so important. That's what we pride ourselves on too. So let me ask you this. If a doctor is listening today and has no HR solution in place, how long does it take to get something up and running in their practice if they come to you guys? I think if they're focused on it and dedicated, I mean, you can get up and running within 30 days. It could be even faster, quite honestly, but I think 30 days is probably pretty fair because, you know, you have to make some decisions about the benefits and stuff that you want to provide. We set up the system for you. We teach you how to use it and then you implement it. So within 30 days, they're up and running like full stack. Gotcha. And you've mentioned cost a few times, a couple hundred bucks a month. Is that the average that healthcare providers should expect to see when implementing your HR services. If you're just starting out, it's a little bit lower than that because you don't have as many employees. That's the average number. If they add payroll or whatnot, it goes up a little bit from there, but you should just budget around that much. So we usually say about $3,000 a year for all of your HR needs without payroll is a great deal. Awesome. Thank you for that. And you've mentioned a few times, Ali, and that Provide and HR for Health have this new strategic partnership, which I know that we're really excited about. Sounds like you are too. Yeah. And it's aimed at helping first-time practice owners get started with their HR framework. Is there anything more that you can tell us and our listeners about that? What I love that we're doing together is that we're supporting the young entrepreneurs as they're getting going, right? So if they get a loan from you, there will be some hand-holding towards the end of that process when they're getting funded, where we are able to kind of get in and support them with the onboarding and whatnot. And we've got some promotions and stuff for them because of our relationship. And so it's a really great way of getting started right off the bat with their compliance and they never have to kind of think about it or worry about it again. It's easy from there. Awesome. And for those who are interested in learning more about HR for Health that are listening today, what's the best way for them to get more information? I would say go to our website, hrforhealth.com, HR, and then F-O-R-H-E-A-L-T-H.com. And then just ask to talk to a team member and someone will get in touch with you and just do an analysis of your practice or talk to you about where you are in the ownership journey, and then they'll get you started with it. If you have any questions for me or not just about HR for Health, but just about practice transitions or something, just Google my name and you can get to our website at the law firm. And I'm always happy to chat. Awesome. Well, Ali, thank you so much for demystifying the importance of having an HR system within our listeners' practices. What you've taught us today is just really valuable and I'm sure it'll have a huge positive impact on our audience. So thank you so much. Absolutely, Corey. Thank you. And uh, this has been a lot of fun. Thanks for joining us. Because you've listened to this whole episode, we assume you were entertained, or at the very least, you learned something new. If so, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. 
have a topic you'd like discussed in a future episode? Drop us a line in the comments section or send us a message on social media. If you're ready to take your practice ownership dreams into your own hands, be sure to visit getprovide.com to pre-qualify and browse our practice marketplace or check out our news page for more helpful resources. The Path to Owning It is brought to you by the team at Provide and it's produced by PodCamp Media, branded podcast production for businesses, podcampmedia.com. Producer Dusty Weiss, editor Emily K. Singer. For Provide, I'm Corey Brown. Thanks for being on the journey with us. Provide is a division of Fifth Third Bank National Association. All opinions expressed by the participants are solely their current opinions and do not reflect the opinions of Provide, its affiliates, or Fifth Third Bank. The participants' opinions are based on information they consider reliable, but neither Provide, its affiliates, nor Fifth Third Bank warrant its completeness or accuracy and should not be relied upon as such. This content is for informational purposes and does not constitute the rendering of legal accounting tax or investment advice or other professional services by Provide or any of its affiliates. Please consult with appropriate professionals related to your individual circumstances. All lending is subject to review and approval.